Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Exposed Dragged Out. My name is Joseph Shepard, and each week we dive into the lives of the individuals from a little show called RuPaul's Drag Race who have since gone on to do other things. You know, you may think that they're inside of your TV, but they're not. Today, we have the absolute privilege of chatting with we're going back to um, season three of RuPaul's Drag Race, and we are going to welcome the beautiful Phoenix. How are you doing? Hi, gorgeous. I'm great. How are you? I am great. And if you are listening on the podcast version and not watching the YouTube interview, you need to go watch the YouTube interview after this. Phoenix looks so good. Literally ah, orange hair. Keep talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. Keep giving it to you. <laughs> Boost that ego. <laughs> Phoenix, or where were you born and raised? I'm I'm actually from a little bit outside of Atlanta. It's called Cumming. It's probably oh, like 30 minutes outside I of Atlanta. I know where Cumming is. I went to school at Georgia State. So I I'm very oh, yeah. very familiar with with the area. So you you were born and raised Georgia. I was. I'm I'm a Georgia boy, so yep. I've been in Atlanta, actually in the city for, what, 21 years? I took a little break from Atlanta and moved to LA. I lived in LA for like four years, um, pre-RuPaul Drag Race, like before Drag Race was even on the air. Um, so I was, I was in LA for a couple of years and I kind of came back and forth, and, um, but I'm, I'm from Atlanta. What would you say is the biggest misconception of Southern people? Oh, the biggest misconception. Uh, our um, passive aggressive shade. <laughs> the bl- bless your heart. Mm-hmm. You look gorgeous. <laughs> that that you know we're not we're not always shady like that, honey. If I'm gonna read you, I'm just gonna say it and put it out there. So <laughs> yes, uh, I love it. So when you were born and raised in Georgia. Looking back on your life as a child, were you more shy? Were you more like outgoing? Like what was your personality like growing up? I was, I was a little shy. I, you know, I, um, I'm still a little shy. You know, it's crazy that I do what I do for a living because I'm, I'm still, I'm still, especially as a boy, as Brian, I'm, I'm definitely still somewhat shy. But as a, as a kid, I was, you know, I played sports. I played baseball from like five years old all the way through my like sophomore year of high school. You know, and then I started doing theater, um, which that was an interesting conversation to have with my dad, why I'm quitting baseball to continue with theater. So, you know, 
know, I, I, I definitely was kind of an artsy kid, very different from the rest of my family. So I think my family kind of looked at me as like, where the hell did this kid come from? But um, yeah, I think I was a little shy. Um, and then I think, you know, as I kind of got a little older, still very not sure what was going on with my sexuality. I mean, coming to Georgia is a tiny little, it, it's definitely bigger now, but it's a small little country town. So, you know, I didn't know any gay people. So, you know, I, once I started kind of realizing what was going on with me, you know, it, it took a minute to get comfortable with my skin. So, yeah. When when did you come out? How old were you? I came out at like around 20 years old. OK. Yeah. So I, I started one of my one of my best friends from high school. We're still you know, best friends. He kind of pulled me out of coming and made me start coming to Midtown. And that was the beginning of it all. <laughs> so. Oh, yes. oh, oh, Midtown. Yes. Yes. I dating myself because I think they just closed. My first serving job was at Joe's on Juniper. Okay. Okay. You know, Joe's just closed. Yep. Just closed. I was like, I saw that somewhere. I was like, mm, it deserved it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what pushed you to do drag? Like, where was the first time you even were exposed to it? So it, it, it's so crazy. So my, my friend Christian, he, I was already in theater and in dance and, and performing and that kind of thing. So he was just like obsessed with, with drag. And he had this little muscle body and like was just not the drag type. So he was like, oh, you're skinny and you perform, you do it. And it just kind of, he just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And then I started um, realizing that I could sneak into bars. Uh, so I said, I would sneak into the bars, you know, underage, and, and it was just kind of my like little hall pass. And then I started doing, uh, you know, shows, little talent contests, and it just really took off. You know, I was just kind of something different in the city. And Atlanta is a really tough, tough city to get into. Um, there's so much drag. We've always been like one of the meccas of, of drag. So uh, when I started in, oh, like 2001, um, you know, it was drag was major in Atlanta. So to be this little like young queen trying to make it and it, it was really, really tough. And um, but, you know, I the right people saw me and yeah, and it just it just took but off. That's that's like really exciting too. like for it to actually take off. Like where where was your home place? Like, did you were you like at Burkhart's, what what was the home? What was the home? So there used to be, and, and just, just <laughs> so we would drive, oh my God, we would drive from coming to Atlanta. So that's like, you know, a 30, 40 minute drive. And I would get in drag in his front seat mirror. No. <laughs> yeah, that is a hot fucking mess. So I would get in drag in his mirror. And I mean, you couldn't tell me I was not the fiercest fucking thing walking through that bar, though. Like, it, it was a hot mess. But uh, there was a place called the Metro. They've closed down. And uh, we would go to Latin night. And um, it was on, like, Tuesdays, I believe. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I lived my little life. It was, <laughs> I had a blast. And, you know, there was a um, uh, a competition called Drag on the Edge. And I did it a couple times. I won. And it just kind of you know, this person mm -hmm. sees you and asks you to come work. And then, then this one does it and it just kind of yeah. happens. So, but, oh my God, I look at, I look at photos now and I'm like, how fucking dare y'all let me come <laughs> through here like this? 
I'm like, and y'all were like, yes, queen. Yes, no, queen. No, no. It's, you know, it's so true, though, because sometimes you feel your oats so well. And then you look back years later and you're like, oh, that was some stale oats. What was I thinking? Honey, honey. I mean, visualize getting ready in the front seat of your car in full drag. Not just putting your lashes on in full drag. And, uh, I mean, yeah. Um, I, I do have a question that is on your makeup right now. I want to know, because I have always had the most, I only drag it up for Halloween normally, but anytime I do eyebrows, I can never figure it the fuck out. And your eyebrows look flawless. So is there a secret? I only use, um, I use the Elmer's, the purple glue stick. Um, my hair, it, it's, it's kind of, it's soft, so it lays really easily, um, but they're also trained. I mean, I've been doing this for 21 years now, so they're, you know, they're, they're trained, um, but they, they lay down really nicely, and I just kind of, I go over it back and forth a couple of times. Um, I actually use a toothbrush, like a, a hard bristle toothbrush, and I comb them down, and then it, it seals them. Um, I just let that dry all the way, and then I just go over it a few times. Let it dry, pack the powder on, and here we are. And then I use, you know, some people use the um, the brow pomades and the uh, liquid liners. I, I just use a, a a pencil, and I've tried all the other ways to do it, and well, I always go back to using a pencil. Fucking so. fabulous! Like yeah, like I could never clock those brows. Like beautiful. I I would love to know. So like you were on season three of RuPaul's Drag Race and I've talked to, you know, people completely, from completely, yeah, completely different world. Completely we different just went. <laughs> um, but season three of Drag Race. But I would love to know what the talk was like in the town from like season one and season two. Was it were people watching it like because I know it's not the phenomenon it is now it wasn't on mainstream it was on logo you could watch it like late at night and stuff but like what was it like those first two seasons that made you want to audition okay so I had a um an interesting experience with drag race so a little history about how drag race kind of started I guess it it, it the original concept was very different than what it is now so when it mm-hmm. when it first um when I first found out about Drag Race, I was contacted and they actually, the original concept was it was a queen and basically like a plus one. It was like a helper, a, um, a, a seamstress, something like that. So it was a queen and a plus one. And um, so when I, when I heard, first heard about that, I had spoken to a friend of mine who's a, a brilliant seamstress and super creative. And we kind of had already started chatting and and you know coming up with ideas and then um so offer casting he he was like the original casting director of of drag race so um he actually flew to atlanta him and i believe one more person flew to atlanta uh they hung out with me at my old like home bar jungle uh they hung out with me like (gasps) all night long r.i.p yes you know i was the entertainment director there for 10 years yeah, that was my that was my home. So, um, but they hung out with me all all night there. Um, then they came to one of my shows that like Tuesday, I believe it was, and and, and watched me perform. I had multiple conversations, the whole bit, and uh, and then that was pre season one. And then I 
didn't make season one, but I actually was one of the, if you went to logo.com, I actually did the kind of toot and boot photo review before that was a thing. It was me and my best friend, John, um, he doesn't do drag anymore, but uh, Megan Brooks, we actually did um, uh, this, this kind of review of each episode on logo.com. Wow. So, so you were already kind of involved at like the head, like the first of everything. Yeah, I was, yeah, I, before, um, you know, this was, this was season one. Um, and then we did not do the reviews on season two. And I, you know, I watched because of, uh, because of Kylie, I watched, you know, Nicole, um, I didn't really watch a whole lot of season one besides our little, you know, review type stuff that we did, but being, you know, I would kind of do it and then forget it. I wasn't interested. You know what I mean? It just wasn't, you know, it was just kind of a job that I did. And then two, uh, uh, season two, I was in it because of Kyle, like I said, Kylie and Nicole, but really didn't pay once they were gone. I was kind of done with it. And it just wasn't the buzz that it that it obviously is now. Um, but you know, I, I finally, you know, we, me and some friends were talking and, and decided to audition. And um, yeah, because I didn't I didn't audition for season two. I did the audition for season one. Didn't audition for season two, and then auditioned for season three and got it. So it was such a and it's an insane interview process. Like the audition process is just so draining. You know, it goes on forever, literally forever. You know, every time an LA number would pop up my phone, I would start fucking sweating. And, and, and you know, you never knew. And it would, it could be the smallest little like, oh, we just had an easy question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've gotten all worked up for absolutely nothing. And then, you know, and then towards the end, it was like, you know, do you have like an hour to spare? And for like this, and it was this long interview. And then, I think I did one more interview after that, and then I got the the psych evaluation, and then a couple of days later, ta-da! Ta-da! You you mentioned uh, Nicole Page Brooks. Is it true that she is your uh, drag mother? She is one of my drag mothers. Um, you know, I'm weird with the drag mother thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicole and I have had a we are we we have an interesting relationship. <laughs> we are we're definitely getting better mm-hmm. we're getting better we, we've had an interesting relationship we, we both have very different strong personalities so but nicole was has been you know my first drag mother was martina diamante and then nicole i just really related with nicole a lot and um so nicole got a hold of me and she was amazing for me she really was she taught me so much and then you know we just kind of went our own ways and and you know i i feel like my drag just changed mm-hmm. a, a lot and then you know now we kind of her drag mother shauna is my mentor um you know shauna is literally yes. my yes shauna is my everything so um that's you know i think you just go through stages of of drag mothers per se you know and and i think it's just like you know a, a, a mentorship i i think i just changed a lot and, and yeah. you know once i kind of outgrew her you know our our friendship kind of changed we were we were roommates at one point and, uh, you know, we just kind of went our own, our own way. So, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of like, you know, what what happens, you know, in life and those things happen. I've also always found the term drag mother very interesting because so many people use it in different ways. Like it could be, 
you're mm-hmm. inspired by. It could be somebody putting you in drag for the first time. It can be somebody who actually mentors you. So I always do find that extremely interesting to be like, what is the actual definition of a drag mother? Yeah, you know, I mean, I do also. So my, I, I've got a few drag kids and, um, you know, my drag daughters, it's not really about the drag for me. You know, they're, they're both, uh, Cece and Alyssa, they're, they're both amazing performers. They're, they're dancers, songwriters, um, you know, actresses, singers, they're, they're amazing at what they do, but you know, it's the, the drag is just a small aspect of it. You know, Cece, you know, when I, when she came into my life, she was not in the best place in her life. And, you know, I helped her get a car. I helped her get a place to live. I helped her get a job. I helped her get her feet on the ground. And for me, that's what family does. You know, fuck, fuck the drag. You know, the, the drag, girl, that, that's, that's a small. For me, it was about helping this beautiful human being that I see in front of me become that. And, you know, she, and, and both of my daughters are trans. You know, I, I made, you know, Alyssa, you know, I, I knew about her transition before her blood mother knew about her transition. And, you know, I helped her get on the hormones. I helped make sure she was doing things the right way. You know, I've mm-hmm. made sure they have money in their pockets. And, you know, for, for me, it's, it's more than just drag. So, you know, they're, they're my kids and I, I literally would do anything for them. So. I love that you said that, you know, you helped both of them out on their journey. I think that that's just so hard, especially in our community to actually have somebody to be able to look and make sure that everything's going right. And like you said, like help get the medicine, help, you know, get the hormones, get all that stuff. Like that is so helpful and beneficial because as we know with our community, you may have parents who do not accept you. You may not have, you know, the friends and the backbone behind it, but like doing that, you know, makes the biggest impact ever just being there and helping somebody out. No, it makes a huge impact because like, look, you know, at the end of the day, this is dress up, you know what I mean? And, and this all comes off and I'm a, you know, 41 year old man that does this for a living. Um, and then, so when I go to sleep at night, I'm Brian and I care about what Sierra and Alyssa Sierra is CC. Sierra's her legal name. I care about where they're sleeping and how they're waking up. I don't care about, they're, they're amazing on stage. I already know that. So as their drag mother or, or father, you know, I want to make sure that their actual life is together. So I, for me, that's what being a drag mother or drag parent is about. I, I think that that's like the perfect definition. Like I've, I've always had like the multiple ones running into my head, but if I ever need it, I'm just going to replay that because that's exactly what I think a drag mother should Thank be. Thank you. Like to, to a yeah, team. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. And I mean, obviously, you know, we, we work on the drag mm-hmm. aspect of it, but you know, you know, like, like I said, that's just a small piece of our relationship. Well, I want to try something new on the show. I have right here, you're going to be my first trial. We're going to see what happens. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, then it's going to get cut. But I have a lovely, um, this is called a fandom page of you. So this is like where they put all the queens. They put, you know, random facts and stuff. And we're going to go through this right now. And I'm going to read this out. And if there's anything (laughs) that's true, fake, whatever, because... There are moments and you girls are like, what? In the, how did this even happen? I feel like sometimes people make up your own biographies. I'm like, what is going on? 
We are now on your time on RuPaul's Drag Race. This is what the biography says. Oh, God. <laughs> when Phoenix entered the workroom, she was wearing a similar outfit to India Farah, causing cattiness. So you the walk meme, into the workroom. The, the meme that will literally never, ever die. In, that moment with me in India has been turned into everything. Like, like everything. literally from political, the, I mean, everything. <laughs> you guys were the original. Do you know that picture that's like Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man? Yes. Y'all were like the original that. Yes. <laughs> I, I would like to know. So was... Was that planned at all? Like, did a producer tell you anything or was it no, just purely? Nothing at all. Pure coincidental. I mean, and, you know, I knew I knew of India before, you know, being on the show, um, just from the, the pageant circuit and that kind of thing. But you, we had had no communication. I mean, I really didn't think much about it on it. Like, no fucking lie. I really did not think much about it when she walked in. The look. My face does a lot of things. <laughs> so the, the look that I gave, I don't believe was necessarily for India. It, it looks like it, but I mean, I really didn't think too much about it. I mean, we both, yes, the hair was, the hair was similar. It's not the same wig. You know, if you catch the, uh, the correct angle, it's not the same wig. It is very similar. And we've had some patent leather on, but I mean, girl, it's fucking drag. We're all wearing patent leather. <laughs> But it just, everyone's like, that had to be planned. That had to be planned. I'm like, no. You're like, no, that was not planned at all. Nope. <laughs> uh, she was safe in the Christmas sewing challenge in episode one. In Untucked, she told Stacey Lane Matthews that she was not competition to her. And you fought with Venus Delight over the crushed ornament idea for the outfits. Is this bringing back memories? <laughs> girl <laughs> you know what okay so i do not i i really i have such a weird thing with drag race i have this like love hate mm -hmm. thing with it so i actually do not watch my season i have not watched my season in i mean years years so you know the only time i ever see in, the only time i ever get this kind of stuff is chatting with people uh -huh. like you or when it pops up on my my social media but like yeah, this kind of stuff is so funny to me. Like, I I did say that to Stacey, and I didn't, you know, at the time, you know, I, I love, Stacey and I are totally fine now. Like, we're, it, it's not even, it's not even like that. But, you know, at the time, I was young, dumb. I was like, I don't see you as competition, you know. But it's it's also, people need to understand that, you know, I am from an area where pageantry is huge. and Part of pageantry is getting into people's heads and, and, and playing the game of it. And, you know, we're on a reality show. Mm -hmm. We are on a competition reality show. And that's what people just do not understand, I don't guess, that it, it is a competition. We are all there for the exact same yeah. reason. We're all there to play the game. And RuPaul's Drag Race is a game. And we're there to play the game and we're there to mm -hmm. win. We didn't all do take this journey, go through all the work, spend the money, do all of this just to 
get kicked yeah. out second. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like it's, we we're there to win. So part of it is, you know, in my mind at that moment was Shane competition to me. I also, I like and, look at it too. And those early seasons were also during the era of like, reality gold like you know every show on vh1 was a i love somebody or a dating show of like a former pop star or something and the cattiness and all of that was what was the tea in the moment and now it, right. the shows become very um i would say very streamlined like you know nobody's technically going at anybody's yeah. throats nobody's doing anything crazy i um Re, I was rewatching. Scared now. Yes, everyone is scared now. Every, every everyone is scared. They're they're scared of being dragged by the fans, you know. And and you know they're 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 just really scared of their brand. And you know it's it is a uh, I get it. I get it, honey. I caught so much bullshit because of that one little moment, and it was a moment that was so driven by producers it was it was dropped it had been completely dropped we had moved on about it and so behind the cameras there are producers sitting there and one of the producers was just staring she was staring and i mean a hole through me and stacy and she starts going she was like okay everyone stop stacy something looks like it's bothering you are you okay she was trying to stir it back mm -hmm. up and, and it really, and, and it obviously they pulled this situation. It, you know, it, it is a, it's a reality show, a produced reality show and things that you guys see probably aren't as serious at the moment. Like I said, you know, it was, you know, we, we obviously, I said, I said what I said, Stacy had her reaction. But then we moved on and then it, but it did turn into more of a situation because of producers. And, um, you know, obviously if producers are like, pull this story out of you, it's going to happen. Yeah. And, that, and that is what happened. You know, I did say it. And, you know, like I said, Stacey and I are fine now, but, um, you know, we all, I mean, that was right 10 years ago, I guess it, it just, it's, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's crazy. So crazy. I, I also think that it's crazy that, you know, drag in the mainstream has changed so much over the past 10 years. Like, oh my God, seeing yeah. people accept it compared to what happened 10 years ago is insanity. So uh, some, uh, some funny history with, with that is pre-drag race, um, why we, one of the reasons why I moved out to L.A. was I was out there filming a, a reality pilot type situation called Life's a Drag. And it was me and my best friend, Megan. And it just was kind of, at the time in West Hollywood, there was literally no drag. The only drag was like, uh, the Dream Girls was at, um, mm -hmm. I believe that they were at Mickey's at the time. So, uh, and then there, I think Raja was there, you know, Delta, um, Chad, a, a couple of people like that. Um, but I, I was pretty much the only drag. And so, Megan and I were just out these two little drag queens just all over West Hollywood and we were filming this little reality show and we shopped it all over the place. I remember being in MTV's office. Um, I remember being in like Lifetime's office, um, uh, wow. E's office and MTV told us 
that there was something here. They didn't know what to do with it, but there was something here. And, you know, we were all excited, but, you know, we were just, we were ahead of the time. I mean, that's, that's just like really the only way to put it. We were, we were shopping this little life to drag television show around and, you know, um, and, but just people just mm-hmm. did not know what to do with these two drag queens and following their, their story. And, um, you know, now I look at it and I've spoken to the, the producers that was doing that show, you know, now, and we're, we just laugh about it because it just, people weren't sure what to do with us then. And then now you look at it and drag is this phenomenon that is literally worldwide. Um, You know, I did that and I, I was on, um, so Janice Dickinson, um, she used to have a modeling agency show. You know, I was, I was one of the runway instructors on that. So if you go back and watch that, you know, so I was, I'm going to have to, yeah. So I was doing that. And uh, you know, at the time people were just like, Phoenix is in drag on television. Like, what is go- what is going on? It was just you really didn't see a whole lot of of this. Yeah, you know, and on, also on it was, it was made fun of quite a bit too. Like, if you did see a drag, you know, um, character persona pop up on a scripted television show, it was done in a bad way, or you know, they would trick you in reality shows and stuff. Like, it's it's very interesting, like how you would see it in the '90s compared to how you would see it. In present day yeah i mean you know drag if you saw someone in drag you knew what they were it was very obvious that they were a man in a dress they didn't want you to be you know feminine gorgeous they didn't want you to be any of that they wanted you to be very very apparent what you were and uh you know i'm, I'm so glad we've evolved from that because you know it's as you know someone with lots of, of trans friends and non-binary friends you know you just they want representation of of them and and see someone that they feel like i want to look like this you know um one of my one of my girlfriends destiny you know she i remember we had candace kane um come to to my my home bar now and destiny told her that you know when she first was transitioning the role models that she had wasn't what she saw herself as and then she saw candace kane and she saw her on television and she was like this is what i want this this is who i feel like i'm i'm supposed to model myself after and i i think it is great to have representation of all kinds but you know definitely i'm glad we've evolved a lot because people now see themselves in in these gorgeous beings that are on all yeah, over the world, I, I also so. love that you said that Destiny told Candace Kane that and that she didn't feel like there was representation until, you know, seeing Candace, because when I was younger and the gay representation that I would see on TV was the stuff that my mom had drilled into my head was wrong. So it was the overly right. like flamboyant or like makeup. And I never saw myself in them, but I also viewed that so negatively because of the impact of all that stuff. Yes. Looking now, you see so many different, you know, people from the LGBTQIA plus community. You see, you know, very masculine gays, very feminine gays, very, you know, masculine, non-binary people and other. And it's just like, it's so interesting seeing, oh, you know what? It is. There's so many different types. It isn't just one little box. Yes. You can be completely normal. People... 
people automatically have this this mindset that you know every gay man is flamboyant and over the top and loud and and you know that's just not that's just not the case you know we we come in all different forms and you know kind of growing up the same way you know i automatically was was taught that you know gay men were this you know what i mean and that's just kind of how it was and and any kind of femininity was just automatically you know looked down on and and drilled out of you and uh you know now it just it, it is exciting to i was actually just in um uh, South Carolina Pride. I I direct a lot of their entertainment, and I I've got a um a drag race hour where I bring a bunch of girls in. And uh, this year we had this little boy who was in the crowd, and he walked over to the security fence and just wanted to tell me how excited he was to be there. And speaking to this this young child, it, it really is such a breath of fresh air. And his his dads were there. And he, you could tell how comfortable this young child already was, you know, in their skin. Um, and it really, really puts a light in there because you're like, wow, we have grown so much as a society for this young child to just be, you know, taking photos with queens yes. and, and, you know, drop down into a split and just was like, it's so yes. already at like six years old. I mean, Never in a million years would I have done any of that at six years old. And it really, it's, it really just shows where we're at as, as a society. Yeah, it, it really does. It's, it's so cool, like seeing the younger generation embrace it. And also like the last time that I was at DragCon three years ago or whatever, just seeing like parents with their children, I was like, this would have been a chef's kiss if I was eight years old. And my mom were to take me to something yes. like this, I could never imagine. Never, never imagine. Let's pull, pull back into episode two now. It says, in episode two, the main challenge was to split into teams to shoot a trailer for a fictional sci-fi motion picture called Drag oh, queens from outer space and drag queens from outer space too. return to Uranus. Uh, you won the mini challenge with Mariah Balenciaga, which allowed you to be team My captains. Girl. But in the end, Phoenix's team was up for elimination and Mariah's team won the challenge. You were critiqued for being too difficult to work on the set of filming. Were you difficult or do you not think so? I don't think I was. <laughs> I mean, what you want? Also, you're the leader, so it's Give like... me some direction, I'll take it. Girl, they kept telling me, uh, Michelle kept telling me, trick the camera. What you mean, trick the camera? Like, explain, and they wouldn't explain it. And I was just so like, uh, I've never mm -hmm. done this before. I, I don't know how to trick the camera, honey. Please explain this to me. And I, I never, so that's why you see me just like all, it was just, it was a, it was a mess. Um, but you know they're 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 needing that. <laughs> but I don't think I was I was being difficult to work with just because I wanted some explanations of what was going on. <laughs> Phoenix was up to lip sync for her life against Delta Work performing Lady Gaga's Bad Romance. Delta's performance took the judges and the queens' attention. India personally said that Phoenix looked like she was copying Lady Gaga's moves during the lip sync, which she found tacky. Delta 
Oh no! <laughs> oh no! God forbid anybody do any oh, any choreography no. of anybody else's. Right? Uh, oh my god! So you you get off the show in that moment, and you know you were second out. I when that happened, what was going through your head? A lot was going through my head. Um, you know, obviously, I am mm-hmm. my own worst critic. I am extremely, extremely hard on myself. Um, and so I was so disappointed in myself. Um, I was so disappointed that I was letting other people down. That just was not, that was not a good moment for me. You know, I, for one, like I I took my shoes off. There's that moment that people always, they ask me about that, but I had these, you know, Alexander McQueen kind of, you know, the, uh, huge platforms. I could not move in them. You kind of get a vibe you kind of get a vibe when you're going home or I, at least mm-hmm. then you did, you kind of get a vibe. And so I kind of knew I was going home. So I was like, look, it's either I take my shoes off or I'm going to bust my ass on international television in front of everyone. So it was either take them off or, or do that. And, you know, so for me, who wants to fall mm-hmm. on television? You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to do that. So I, I, I took my, I took my shoes off, you know, I, at, at the moment, you know, so here, here's the thing with, with drag race, you know, I know now, now I was not ready for drag race. You know, I can look, I've grown a tremendous amount as a, as a person, as an artist, you know, I, I I'm very much more self-aware. I'm very much more in, into my character. Then I was in this kind of Gaga era where I was just, you know, trying to be all out of the box and different. And, you know, so when I performed, you know, the Lady Gaga song with the cage on my head and all that kind of stuff, like it was, you know, I thought I was supposed to get up there and and give Mm -hmm. you Gaga because that was the moment I was I was in. And it's really funny that I was cut on a Lady Gaga song because that was who I was kind of relating my drag with at the time. So, you know, when I got kicked off with it, I kind of knew it was happening. You know what I mean? I, I I knew that they were not sending Delta home then. They were just they were just not like mm-hmm. once again produced television show. They were not sending Delta work home then. So we went home. I, I was very disappointed in myself. But once it happens, I just wanted to get my shit and get out of there. I just was ready to go. You know, I was my experience was done. It was over with. I just wanted to go. And um, you know, and it, it's such a crazy time because you know you. When you're kicked off, you're kind of held. All the girls are kind of back there. Then they move them out, and you don't see anyone else. And and you're back there kind of alone. And, um, you know, Manila actually had, had written me a letter, and um, I, I think I still have it. It was super sweet and uh, left it on my, my station. And, uh, you know, we just kind of packed my stuff up, and that was well. it. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was, it was disappointing. You know, I was – it was, it took a minute to kind of get over it. Um, you know, when I, when I got back, because like I said, I am extremely hard on myself and I know that my, my friends and, you know, people that support me expected more out of me. And I kind of was afraid of letting them down. I definitely let myself down. Well, I mean, you did it. You were on it. You're out second. It's not the end of the world. You're still working. You're in Atlanta. It's 10 years later. So, um, Honey. Oh, oh. Honey. Yeah. I was working before I was working before Drag Race. It's funny. People are all the time like, 
so what have you been doing since Drag Race? I'm like, the same thing I was doing before Drag Race. Drag, <laughs> girl. <laughs> like, what? What, what, do you, what do you think? Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's Drag Race is a, a, and like I said, I have a very love-hate relationship with it. There's a lot of stuff that I've really loved about it. There's a lot of stuff that I've hated about it. Um, you know, I'm not one of the most active people with RuPaul's Drag Race. And it's kind of both ways, I guess. I think it's by choice, but also they yeah. really haven't done a lot to make me want to be involved. You know, um, you know, it, it's funny. People always say to us, you all have the same opportunity. That's actually not the truth. We are all put on the, the same television show, yeah. but we don't all have the same opportunity. I mean, it, it's just not the same. It, mm -hmm. It's really not. You know, I think that they have their people that they love. And they push them down people's throats. And, you know, the more yeah. you see someone, the more you're going to be a fan of them. You know, if I had a full production team behind me that was constantly showing my face, people would be very intrigued by me. Like me, not like me, you would be intrigued by me. And, you know, I didn't have that opportunity. So, you know, as the years went on, I moved on. And, you know, I would, you know, I, I'm very much in the business world of of entertainment, of drag. You know, I, I have my own production company. I produce shows all over the country, all over um, Atlanta, throughout Georgia. You know, I, I, I have ran, what, now this is my fifth club. I've ran all the entertainment for, you know, I, I've, I've done a, a lot. And, and I think that people, you know, um, automatically think because you're not on every tour that's traveling mm -hmm. the world that you've just kind of fallen off the earth, honey, that's not the case. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just not the case. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I would, I would love to be on all stars if I, if I got the opportunity, you know, and it's mainly to show, I mean, yeah, girl do a side by side of, of me now and me then, you know, it's because I would love for the, I would love to reintroduce myself to the world. I'm a completely different person different artist, different queen. And, uh, you know, I would love the world for the world to see that because, you know, I, I teach my younger queens, mm -hmm. the more you do something, the better you're going to get at it. And I am a huge example of if you put the work in, you're going to reap the benefits of it. You know, and I've, I've put the work in, I, I've dedicated my, myself to this art form. And, um, you know, I've, I've really, really worked my ass off and, uh, you know, I think that's a, a something that a lot of people don't really get to see, and you know, and and that's fine. You know, I I do drag for me. If other people love it, thank you so much. That's, but I started that's this. That's the most of me. important thing that I've learned for myself over the past couple of years is just doing something that you love for yourself, and to stop just like trying to fit into a mold of what somebody else wants or. You know, it's your career. At the end of the day, it's your career. You get to choose whatever you do with it. But you should never let anybody else try to guide it or try to do it because like, yeah, it's you. You know what you like. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, one of the things about like the, the fans, you know, they, they really, really want to try to either tear a queen down, which we will probably see in the comment section. They will try to tear a queen down. You know, they will they will pick you apart they will tell you you should be doing something the best thing in the world is when 
like a 12 year old messages me and tells me how to do X, Y, or Z. I'm like, shouldn't you be practicing your ABCs right now instead of fucking with me? Like, honey, please go talk to your mother and leave me alone. You know what I mean? It's so bizarre. I, I just, you know, they, they really do though. And, and the fans, you know, I wish that the fans would just not be so hard on the Queens. I really do because it, it, it really, it really takes a toll on some people. You know, I've been in this business a long time. I'm good. I've got thick skin. You know, it, it took a lot of work to get the skin that I have. But I mean, I've seen Queens stop doing drag because of RuPaul's Drag Race. I've seen Queens beat themselves up, cry in the corner because of RuPaul's Drag Race and the fandom. And it just, it just needs to stop. You know, I mean, we're all artists just doing what we love to do. If people are entertained by it, if you love us, great, great. You know, I've met some amazing, amazing people through my journey of Drag Race, literally all over. I've had messages from all over the world. I've met some truly amazing people, but I've also had the opposite. And it's, you know, it's just, and I, and I know you take the good with the bad, bad with the good, but just, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all artists. We're sensitive about our shit. Erica Badu said that perfectly. And, you know, I mean, I wish the fandom would just kind of understand that and understand that you're watching a produced and reality everybody is an television competition being. show. I think that sometimes fans or the fandom or the the one part of the fandom that's not as positive as the other. I think that it, they always just concentrate on, you know, a certain mold or they but like it's like they don't believe you're a person. and. I think that that is the the very difficult thing about it. And it's, you right. know, it just comes back to like looking at your inner self and, you know, it, you can be a keyboard warrior all you want and you can type all you want, but like, what are you doing on the inside? What are you doing? Like, I'm enjoying myself right now talking to you. If you don't like it and you're in the comment section, just don't watch it. You know, like Exit. you don't have to. Yeah. Because the, the thing is, is I'm like, you're watching me. I'm not watching you. Girl, like it's, and that's just, I don't really, I, I don't ever understand, you know, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine going to someone's DMs, their comment section, their, their anything and ripping them apart, saying something extremely negative. Yeah. I, I can't imagine doing something like that. For one, I have a life. I don't got time to do all that. But I can't imagine being the kind of person that would enjoy and think that it's necessary. I just, it just, it's mind blowing to me. It really, really is. Especially in the world that we're living in today. It's just, it's mind blowing to me. And I think too, like, you know, adding on top of that, it's just as social media has become so much bigger, people feel like they can be unapologetically a bitch and think it's themselves. Because chances, chances are you're not going to say it in person. Yeah. Egg. <laughs> you're not going to do it. Exactly. You're not going to do it. This is my last drag race question for you. I just want to know when you got off the show, was work easy to get or was it hard? Because I do know that like at the season one, season two, like I had talked to some queens and they were like, when I got off, like people didn't want anything to do with me. Like, was it easier for you to find work or was it harder? So I, I came back to Atlanta and I, you know, started working again um, as far as traveling and stuff. So I, I did travel some. Uh, it, it has its, it had its ups and downs. Sometimes were really, really busy and I was gone all the time. And then, you know, sometimes it wasn't, I had a lot of management issues. 
I, I went through multiple managers and, um, you know, I had a manager that was clubs would contact them for me and they would send one of their favorites. And finally a club contacted me and was like, I keep trying to get you, but they're trying to put X, Y, and Z to me. So, you know, I dealt with that. I dealt with um, another manager who I believe is in jail right now. I went through a lot of issues. I had another management that they just were overwhelmed with the amount of people they had. And, you know, I'm very self-aware. I know I'm from season three. I was kicked off second. I, I know that I'm probably going to need a little more push than, you know, Shangela. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm going to need a little more push. And, I, and I'm good with that. Like I said, I'm, I'm very self-aware. Got it. But, you know, they would never do that. And I would never get work. And finally, I was just like, why don't I just do this myself? So, you know, I went through a, a long period of time. The whole beginning of my drag race was kind of wasted because of management issues. And I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I, I was just, I was on this new journey and had no clue what I was doing. So, you know, I really kind of got the, the rough end of the stick as far as, the beginning of my drag race because of my management issues. And, um, and then, you know, all of a sudden we have four, five, six, seven, eight, all these other seasons have came up. And, you know, so I didn't have as great of an opportunity as some of the other girls, because like I said, I mean, I went through mm -hmm. three or four managers and it was all kind of big issues. So, and I know that other girls have kind of had the same issues. Yeah. And it's also too, since you were on season three, like the capability and stuff of those managers, and what to do with the queens was probably so much different than the 9 million yeah. managers trying to sign everybody right when they're on the show now. Yeah. Completely, completely. Yeah, it's so, a completely different world now. It really is. It, it honestly is. Um, have you noticed any change when it comes down to crowds? Like, you know, when you perform, is there any difference? Um, sometimes. You know, um, you know, when I do travel, obviously the, the crowds are, are, are great. You know, it's, it's, I think no matter what season you're from, I think we've got, we've got people that are just drag race fans. You know what I mean? And they just are excited to see a drag race girl, mm -hmm. no matter if you're season one, season 13, season 23, you know, it doesn't matter. They're just excited to see a drag race girl. So, you know, the fans that come to the clubs for that are, are, are great. You know, um, back here at home. I'm just Phoenix. I'm not Phoenix from RuPaul's Drag Race. You know, they're, they're used to my ass. So, you know, on the road, it's still, it's still great. So. Have you noticed any difference in, I guess I would say like the crowd or the vibe, like basically long story short, when I was in Atlanta, I always noticed that this was like, you know, around season five ish, I guess when I was going out and I was noticing, you know, tip dollars uh -huh. were yeah. very common. Now in LA, I don't know if it's just an LA thing. I feel like now that drag races come around and more and more people will go and see these shows, I see less dollars like being held up. But I don't know if that's just like a time thing or if it's like just the city that I'm in. So, well, I think, you know, um, the South, we, I actually just had this conversation with um, one of the owners of, of the nightclub, Matt Future. He was asking, because he loves the idea of doing Venmo and Cash App and mm -hmm. PayPal and all that. So I was explaining to him that in the South, I can speak for the South, you know, it is, they enjoy that interaction, that personal interaction with the queen. They enjoy being a part, feeling like they're a part of the show with giving that dollar. They, they love that, that second of attention. So we still, we definitely get some Venmo and cash app and all that, but it is still very much a tipping city here. 
You know, you you said that, and I had never thought about that. The interaction, like the actual social yeah. interaction of giving that dollar. I have never yeah. like that's that's so true. And it's such a it's such a unique experience too. Like, you know, it is your first or second time, you know, like handing out that money. Oh, Oh yeah, girl. Oh, get this dollar. Yeah. When, when, the the, dollar. when they put when when they put it in their mouth and are like, I'm like, are you, honey? No, we're not. No, no, no. That no, better no. be a hundred. You know, Is that a hundred? Uh, 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 uh. I'm still not taking it out of your mouth with my teeth. Nope, not happening. We do not know where that dollar's been. What if if somebody has never seen a Phoenix show, and if somebody was sitting in the audience of your show tonight and to see you perform? What would they get to see? Like, what is a Phoenix show? I am, I'm very um, costume oriented. I, I have a great closet. Um, I, I definitely like all different styles of music. Um, you know, I do everything from uh, country to dance to R. I do all different styles of music. So, you know, you're definitely going to get a variety from me. You're going to get some either some energy or because um, I'm also do a lot with the um, with the circuit scene. So I do a lot of, you know, high energy dance shows. Mm -hmm. um, but I also love to give old ballad girl and give you some some drama. <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, also helping out. Well, like you said, South Carolina pride and stuff like what is that experience like being on the other side of things? Like, do you feel like you being a queen has helped you? It has definitely helped me. And, and honestly, I think that the experiences I had with my managers helped me become what I am now. You know, I, I basically manage other girls. I have a, um, a, a group of girls called the fantasy girls. It's a cabaret show at, at future Atlanta every Friday and Saturday night. Um, so, you know, I, I help them all get bookings. I help other girls all over the, all over the city get bookings. Um, you know, I, I book dancers. I mean, I book everything from bartenders to DJs to, you know, I, I book a lot of this kind of stuff. And I think it's because I, I had to learn that part of the business. And that is because being a queen, I had a bad experience with it. So, you know, I also produce, you know, all the shows for future. I produce all the shows, like I said earlier, for four or five other bars. And it's because of being a queen, I like a certain standard. And, you know, for, for me, I think shows should run a certain way. And, and, you know, obviously the bars that I'm at agree with it. So, you know, but that is all from performing and experience. And, you know, when I hear that, when I hear like show directors that have been doing drag for like two years, I'm like, <laughs> huh? How do you know how this runs, girl? Like, what? So, you know, I think it's, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. So, you know, with experience, like I said earlier, the more you do it, the better you get. And, uh, you know, being a queen has definitely helped me a lot in the Phoenix entertainment world that, I, that I'm in It right also now. just gives you that, you know, that capability of connecting with the girls that you are producing. It gives you that, the capability of being like, oh, yeah. I understand 100% what you're going through, or I understand this and that. The audience is going to be Completely. here. This is going to happen. Like, it helps so much. And once again, you're just showing your drag motherly love. Like, it's... Yeah. You know what? And it is because you, you, you go to a bar and or a club or a venue or whatever. Chances are those people that are throwing that event don't exactly know how a show is supposed to be ran. Because they don't do this. So they bring me in, a queen that's in the business, that has been doing it for a while, 
and I know how something is supposed to run. So, you know, I go in and, you know, they may have a dressing room, but with no mirrors. No, seriously? Yes, girl. So, you know, they may have that or, you know, um, or not a dressing room at all. You know, I mean, or the lighting may be horrible. And, you know, we all know that drag, Mm -hmm. you gotta have the light, girl. Like, so, you know, the, the lighting may not be right. And, you know, it's all of these little things that I can go in and I'm like, fix this, fix this. We need this. And it's because this is what I, this is what I do. Do you have a preference of one over the other? (laughs) It depends on the day. (laughs) It it depends on the day. (laughs) Like some days I'm like, I do not want to be up in this shit. So, you know, I would much rather be, you know, behind the scenes and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, it really does. It, I, I love the business side of it. I, I love drag, period. The business of it, the art of it, being in it, I, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of drag. When I hang up my heels, when I decide to stop doing this, I will still be a fan of drag. And um, so, you know, do I want to necessarily do this, this forever? No. I would love to always have my hand uh, but I would love to always have my hand in it somewhere. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. it just depends on the day. Well, which I, I like better. Your your makeup, literally, like I I just keep looking at you. I like everything about this look you're giving me is so good. When you have put on Thank makeup, you. hair, everything, how long does it take you to do your makeup? Like, are you now a seasoned like, bop, 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 or like, how long does it take? Start to finish, this took me like an hour and 15 minutes, an hour. When you started drag, how long did it take you? <laughs> whatever the car ride was to get you coming to Atlanta. Yeah. You said whatever it is. 30 minutes. This, this little cover girl foundation that I would put on. Oh, honey. Oh, I just knocked they my chair down. <laughs> As we close all this out, I have my obligatory questions that I ask, but... I would love to know what you think the biggest misconception of Phoenix is. The biggest misconception is that I have a, that I'm not nice, that I have a bad attitude, you know, because people saw me from a, a reality show 10, 11 years ago. You know, I did have a little attitude there. Some people just didn't necessarily know how to take my personality. But once again, we've, we've all think about, I always tell people, Think about how much you've changed in 10 years. If you haven't changed in 10 years, that's a whole other talk show. You know what I mean? But like, you know, think about how much you've changed in 10 years. So, you know, the biggest misconception is probably the attitude and, and how I am as a, as a person, as a person. And, and I, I am a, a nice person. I love people. If you walk up and speak to me, I'm going to speak back to you. We're going to have a conversation. You know, you be nice to me, you get it right back. But that that's the thing, you know, that is one of the things that's kind of haunted me from drag races is, you know, people just automatically thought I was this raging cunt. And I'm like, You're like, no, please. (laughs) (laughs) If you could swap shoes with a drag queen for one day, past or present, and live in their life. Who would it be? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shangela so that I could empty her bank account. <laughs> that was a good answer. That was a good answer. Hey, Shangie. Empty that account out. Uh, <laughs> Shangie's my girl. So uh, I don't know. Maybe even, 
maybe someone like Divine, just because she was in such a different, I don't necessarily, I wanted to know her mind because her mind was twisted as fuck. But to see the stuff that she got to experience when drag was just not what it is now, like we were talking earlier, it was such a different world. So just to experience drag in the moment she was experiencing drag, I think would be really, really fucking cool. Yeah, I, I, that's that's who I always go to. I'm like divine on like a John Waters movie. Like I would love to just see yes. what that that one moment. Like, yeah, because it was just such a different world. Mm -hmm. And my last question for you: Make it a good one. Oh, it's going to be a good one because you have to leave the kids with some wisdom. I always love asking, "What is words of wisdom or a piece of advice that either you've been given or that you live by?" That other members of the LGBTQIA plus community should probably hear. Honestly, and it's it's so it's so cliche, but this all gets better. And and I mean that with every piece of my being. As someone who came from Cumming, Georgia, who grew up in a, a household that I had no gay influences, mm -hmm. I was so scared of the person I was becoming. It took so long for me to become actually comfortable in my skin. And, you know, I am now a almost 41 year old man who has the love of his family, which I never thought would yeah. happen. You know, um, you know, real quick, you know, a story, my, you know, the journey that I went on to get my, my family comfortable was a it, it's been a long journey and you know one day i did this photo shoot and my dad was my dad is a georgia boy an athlete you know that that whole thing and and i did a photo shoot and every now and then he would be like send me a photo let me let me see what you look like i did this photo shoot i was showing a little bit of skin i thought it was going to make him uncomfortable and that uh -huh. was my goal his only response back to me was bigger tits son <laughs> And I was like, we're here. It, it was such a funny moment, but such a, it was just, it was an amazing moment because I knew that all the, the work that it took to get here, we're here. You know, my mom is so supportive. My, my, my grandparents are, you know, just, they don't really understand it. My sister is I lost my sister a month ago from COVID, oh, I'm so sorry. and uh, yeah, and and before that, you know, my um, oh girl, um, she was also very supportive of it, and you know, she always wanted to come down and see a show, and and you know, she never got the opportunity to. Um, my mom has been to shows before. My dad, um, my dad wants to come to shows. You know, uh, it it just it's it's amazing. So like I was like I was saying, it gets it gets better. It really does. One day you're going to wake up and you're going to be so comfortable in the skin of who you're supposed to be. And, mm -hmm. you know, don't give up on that. Don't give up on your family. I didn't understand what was happening right away. So how could I expect my family to understand and be okay with everything right away? So just don't give up. It really, really does get better. Yeah. And to piggyback off of that, like, I think the past few years, I've slowly started to learn, like I talked about earlier, is that nobody's opinion matters but yourself. So if you are yeah. catering to anybody else, if you're ever like, 
I, I still, to this day, if my wrist ever goes limp, I always remember my mom smacking my hand and I'll always like put yeah. it back down. And now I've gotten to the point yep. where I'm like, why does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. Just yeah. be me and do me, you know? You know, they, I, they used to always say where I came from when you had your ears pierced, right means yes. wrong and left means right. Honey, I will wear the biggest motherfucking right earring now because I'm like, and it is just something that just kind of has stuck with me. And now it's like, I wear a small little earring in my left one and a big one in the right one because I'm like, take it. That's what I do. Take it, honey. It's right. It's right. Oh, oh well, thank you so much, Phoenix, for chatting thank with you. me. I've enjoyed this whole conversation. I like really want to come see you in Atlanta. I wish that I was there right now so I could just pop right over. Yes, come. I know I'm on my, I'm on my way to uh, future right now. So if you're ever in Atlanta, come to future Atlanta. It's a it's a multi-level nightclub cabaret restaurant upstairs. So come see me. Wait, when when did it when did it open? Uh, we opened up about um six months ago, I guess. And then are you in Midtown area? Like where's the it's, area? It's downtown. It's like downtown around the underground uh, area. Um but yeah, it's yes. a it's a full dance club downstairs and then we have a um upstairs is a, a restaurant and cabaret bar. Um we do shows Friday and Saturday night. Um Sunday night we're actually when the rest of the everything else closes down at twelve, we're allowed to stay over till four. We have drag on Sundays, but um the fantasy girls are there every Friday and Saturday. You said four o'clock, and it just reminds me of the old days of when I wasn't in LA and bars didn't close at two in the morning. Yep. Here we close, <laughs> here we close at three AM. Um, um Well, where can everybody find you on the social medias? You can go to um my Instagram is at Phoenix underscore ATL. Um, at, at Facebook, it's Phoenix, uh, Phoenix ATL and on Twitter, it's also Phoenix underscore ATL. Well, thank you so much, Phoenix. Yes, thank I'm you. Joseph Shepard and thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Expose. Make sure to go show Phoenix some love, go follow, go like, go do all of that stuff because these queens that you may not have seen from years ago are the ones that have been driving this bus. They have been doing it forever. And they literally are the heart of the drag community. So go show some love, go show some support, go out to her shows. Until next time, I'm Joseph, and that's the beautiful Phoenix. Expose yourself. Ooh.